The Movie Hour, episode 211, December 21st, 2012. We talk about The Hobbit, an unexpected journey in length during this episode. Just a small heads up. Ladies and gentlemen, you have stumbled upon the Clancy Brown Shawshank Movie Hour. I'm Greg Maloney, and with me is the man with the plan, the one and only my co-host, Brother James. Welcome back to the Shire, James. Hey, how's it going? Rockin' and rollin', man. Rockin' and rollin'. It's just you and me today. Just, this is it. This is serious, like, brothers and, Is you know, Jeff on a quest today? Jeff is on an epic quest. He is going from, well, went from New York all the way to Costa Rica or some shit. He's got a... He's got stuff to do. He's got a honeymoon to enjoy. By Costa Rica, we mean New Zealand. Yeah, by New Zealand, we mean Australia. Right? No way. Okay. No way. Hobbiton. Right. New Zealand. We're going to Hobbit- Hobbiton? Hobbiton's? Yeah. I don't even know if that's a place that I just make that up. Hobbiton. Hobbiton. It sounded familiar. It's all familiar. There are so many names in the in the series. How, how can we uh, keep them all straight? And we both haven't uh, we both haven't read the books, have we? Uh, no. Okay. Well, we're... If it was in book form, odds are I haven't read it. We're going to get to The Hobbit in length today. Uh, you know, we saw it. You know, Jim saw it. I saw it. We all saw it, and we're going to talk about it. Um, a lot of people saw it as well, which we'll get to the box office numbers. But later on, we'll probably be talking about in-depth with spoilers. So if you haven't seen The Hobbit yet, uh, you might want to put this one aside until you have, and then you can uh, join along in the we'll, discussion. We'll warn you before we get started. Yeah, it's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen soon. So just prepare yourself. Uh, another heads up is the Family Feud episode. We talked about it last week. Uh, the Family Feud episode is the yearly event we do here at the, the Movie Hour where we get anybody that's uh, willing on Skype. We're going to do a, a call together and we'll form teams and do some, uh, some lighthearted quizzes, which is uh, all Family Feud based. We're going to be uh, general questions. And uh, my team... Is usually versus Jeff's team, but Jeff will not be in town. Uh, I do have a couple of messages from Jeff. We will be playing on that episode. So the takeaway from this is Saturday, the 22nd. This is December, people. The 20, 22nd at 1 p.m. It's coming this weekend. Uh, this is Eastern time. We'll be recording that podcast. And uh, anyone uh, who's wants to come on by, say hi. Uh, we're probably going to have... We'll probably have like max 10 people on the show. Everyone else uh, listen live. We're usually joking around the entire time, but I will be on early. Uh, there are directions on uh, gungapit.com uh, if you want to find my contact info on Skype and need some help technically, figure out your uh, microphone situation, stuff like that. But it's always a blast. Um, we're going to record it on Saturday and we'll release it during the, the Christmas week. So this is actually our last recording uh, until uh the last week of uh, week of the year, we'll have one more recording, but um, we'll be doing this recording live kind of thing, and then we'll be recording the Family Feud early, and then releasing it in Christmas week. So hopefully that wasn't too confusing. Anyways, you can find instructions at gongapit.com. Feel free to ask us questions there if you need. And I guess that brings us back to this episode, which is completely badass. Jeff missing because uh, he had his honeymoon. Uh, we are here to discuss The Hobbit in length, but we want a couple of things I want to mention before we get to that. Uh, the box office numbers this weekend were kind of interesting, and one was The Hobbit is part of that story, and uh, the fact that it made uh, so much. Was it 87 million, 93 million? I actually haven't seen the numbers. Uh, 84 million is, is what it made or in the opening weekend. I did now, hear it was like the 
best December or opening ever. Or best something? December opening ever. That's correct. Uh, in, in theatrical history, you do have the 3Ds adding adding to that uh, effect. But my question for you, Jim, is where do you think this lands in terms of Lord of the Rings series for opening weekends? Do you think it's number one, two, three, or four? Huh. Let's see. Trying to remember my knowledge here. Yeah. I want to say they were all December, so I'm going to say it's first. It is number one. That's yeah, correct. I, for some reason, I thought they were all re- released in that month. So. Yeah, we have, as you would guess, it gets greater starting from Fellowship, but Fellowship made 47, Two Towers made 62, and Return of the King made 72. So kind of close. But none of them had 3D going for them either, which... That's true. Um, it's uh, definitely a boon in terms of... Now, I never knew that, or never heard this, but did the frame rate cost extra too, or was that just... It's only on 3D, high frame rate. The 48 FPS versions right. are only 3D. The, it doesn't cost you extra for the high frame rate. But gotcha. since it's you know 3D, you got to pay for that. Right. Which is a pain. We can, they can only surcharge us so much. Right, right. That was in Michigan. I, I had heard that it was that way entirely. But um, yeah, it's not something... It's still in the testing phases, so I don't think they've uh, justified any way to charge people extra for that. Unlike Smell-O-Vision, which will, of course, everybody will charge you extra for nowadays. Right? The, weird question, kind of off topic here. Are New Zealand and Australia enemies? Uh, I believe they are cutthroat enemies. They never okay, talk. They never. They never hang out with each other. I happen to be looking at like the title or the. Uh headlines for the foreign charts in australia it's like skyfall wins again and they don't even have the hobbit yet so i was just curious so they're like holding back <laughs> nope no you don't get the hobbit yet everybody else can have it just not you no yeah i'm pretty yeah. <laughs> i was gonna make a nazi joke and i, I guess if jeff were here it'd been much more funny but i'm gonna hold it back i'm gonna hold it back um i uh yeah i think i think they're fine i don't know why australia doesn't have the hobbit yet it's probably because uh the US, it, it goes it goes new zealand for the recording and then us apparently um but i'm sure fin- you, i'm sure you uk got it, too. got it do they yeah. spain germany the germans have the nazis have it <laughs> the nazis don't rule in germany Jim, anymore not anymore soon i'm sure they'll come back not on the surface right <laughs> they're pulling all the strings yes. um yeah it's it surprises me that it did actually do that well like i guess anybody that loved the lord of the rings went out to go see the hobbit but it's been a while, and it's not like The Hobbit was guaranteed to be the same in any way. You did get Peter Jackson helming the film again, but... That helps, I think. Right, right, in terms of the, like, if it's going to be the same style, why not go see it kind of thing. Right. But um, that that did kind of surprise me. Uh, it didn't surprise me for the weekend that everybody else did shitty. <laughs> Nobody... <laughs> Uh, 84 million. Uh, everybody avoided this weekend. The Hobbit came out, and that's it in terms of like large box office releases. Uh, then yeah, pretty much. I heard movies actually left for one weekend too, and then they're coming back next week. Yeah, because of <laughs> took a little hiatus. Right, right. Well, there were issues. Um, Jack Reacher, uh, the premiere ended up getting delayed because of the Connecticut thing, and um, which other like we usually get together on the movie hour just to you know joke around and have fun but you know the connecticut massacre if you want to call it is all over the news and obviously a disaster and hearts go out to everybody involved and related but um yeah uh some of the movies business got affected through that too and um yeah anyways i guess back to back to the the numbers and stuff that was coming out jack reacher 
is going to be next weekend, I believe, um, which I'm totally not interested in seeing. But. Yeah, I wouldn't, didn't think I would be, and I saw a couple of the trailers, and I caught myself laughing a couple of times at some of the parts that are supposed to be funny. So Right. Yeah, you, I've got a little bit of an intrigue now, whereas before I had nothing. You were talking about this is forty comes out. That's the new Judd, Judd Apatow movie that comes out this weekend. Are you you were talking about that before? Are you actually interested in seeing that? Um, this is the I don't know what, what to make of that. Again. Yeah, he's got Melissa McCarthy signed up again. So oh yeah, okay. yeah. I, I love Rudd. Um, I ha- I still haven't decided what I think of Leslie Mann. I, I don't know if she's I, I don't know if she's funny or not. I can't decide. Because every time she plays a character, she's always like, I don't know, the overbearing wife, you know, just like. This is right. true. Yeah, it's. I I think she's I think she's funny. I don't know why. I I can't put can't put my finger on it. I don't know why. But yeah, actually, Jack, she's married to Judd, so yeah. you know, she's got to have some humor, right? right. Um, this is forty Jack Reacher come out this weekend. Zero Dark Thirty, which there's a lot of critical acclaim for, comes out, but it's only LA and YC releases. And then you have the awful movie The Guilt Trip, which is kind of on the same note with This is Forty, at least in the fact that Judd, Judd Apatow is uh, Seth Rogen is starring in it, and that looks absolutely. Oh, is that the one with the Streisand? Yeah, good lord. Yeah, the mom and son road trip movie. Why? 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 Um, oh, and don't worry, Monsters Inc. is going to make a billion billion uh, dollars because its 3D release is, is coming awesome. out. Or re-release, I guess would be more accurate. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Anyways, so I guess that gets us to The Hobbit, Jim. The, I, 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 there are things, like I, I saw The Hobbit today, actually, and uh, a couple days ago I saw Serenity again for like the billionth time, and... I saw Hugo again, which I saw in theaters and reviewed for the show um, uh, many moons ago. And I didn't give it the most glowing review. I liked it. Um, and I, I think the movie's growing on me, seeing it again and again. Like, I've seen it a couple times now. And it, just the amount of, like, homages. Uh, um, I was going to say, almost said Spielberg, but uh, Scorsese does in that movie uh, is pretty awesome like just going through it and be like okay i, I realize why he's doing this scene this scene that scene everything right. everything's there's a, there's a loose tie to actual history in there right too. exactly there are a lot of them um but anyways uh if you haven't caught i, you, I saw 90 percent of a really bad movie on cable 90 percent yeah mm. uh new year's eve or new year's day or something ah one of the classic have 50 different stories yeah it was awful yeah <laughs> I, th- I uh, there were a lot of good, a lot of good actors in that, weren't there? Mm, I guess <laughs> not so much. Mm, not really. They weren't showing their talent there. Yeah, Horseface was in it. Um, Hamill was in it. Oh, De Niro was in it, and Halle Berry. But yeah, whatever. Okay. Yeah, it was bad. New Year's Eve is what it's called, right? New Year's Eve. Sure. Uh, it was New Year's something. Shell Pfeiffer, Zac Efron. Yeah, for, yeah, and and they're Carrie together. always. Come on. Yeah, he's got like, she has like a five second role. Oh, and Jessica Beale? Uh she has a, one of the major roles, I guess. There you go. There you go. What are you saying? Yeah. You don't like Jessica Beale? Is that what you're saying? She was Preggers, you know, it was all different. <laughs> <laughs> it was different for me. Couldn't relate. Yeah. Really really couldn't get into it. Oh my god. Awesome. <laughs> um so I guess uh yeah, I just I wanted to mention the the Hugo thing because I, I know I kind of give it didn't give it a bad rep, but not a glowing review. Uh, and that brings us to the Hobbit. So those that haven't seen it yet, this is your warning to take off. This is our number number two spoiler. We're going in. Yeah, um, Jim, uh, you can you lead the way. 
Okay. I, I will uh, follow up where necessary. Okay. Um, as everybody in the world knows, uh, The Hobbit is the prequel to the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Let me already interrupt you. I was at the bar for a little while. And, and someone didn't know this? Unless the girl was just making conversation to make conversation, she claimed she didn't know what The Hobbit was. Just wanted, wow. just wanted to throw that out there. Maybe she's hitting on you and wanted to start a conversation. Right. It's poss- I'm saying it's possible, yeah. but... I don't... It's like, I don't know. Tell me. But uh, all right, so yeah, The Hobbit prequel to Lord of the Rings. Um, it uh, stars uh, Gandalf as uh, Gandalf, the the gray wizard who is uh, looking for help to help a group of dwarves reclaim their kingdom. And apparently, the key to this whole master plan is to have some sort of sneaky burglar type. And he has decided that Bilbo Baggins will fit that role. So he goes and pretty much strong arms Bilbo Baggins into joining this band of 15, I think. It's supposed to be 13 dwarves and Gandalf and the Hobbits. Sorry, I forget. Uh, I thought it was supposed to be 14, 14 total. yeah, Including Gandalf? Or, I don't uh, know. Anyway. So anyway, there's a lot of them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they, uh, they strong-arm Bilbo to go with them, and then they go off on their quest and get into the beginning of this great adventure. Um, there are... Obviously, Peter Jackson's directing. Um, you have... Uh, Ian McKellen reprising Gandalf. Um, Martin Freeman plays Bilbo, and I think he does a wonderful job. Yeah. Um, but with all the you know the familiar faces and you know the same crew, I'm guessing like it's it definitely feels like a Lord of the Rings film, which is nice. It's it's nice that it's not you know totally different. That was one thing I was worried about had they picked a different director. Um, I was a little worried about it when they first decided, okay, we'll go with you know Guillermo del Toro. But, you know, he's still good, so maybe it'll be good. Anyway, you know, Peter Jackson, back to normal, and it seemed pretty normal. Like I, th- I, I think Guillermo del Toro still would, like, I still think this movie would have made tons of money. Like, yeah, like, yeah. I, it, I it, would, it would have been different, for sure. Yeah, and I think it would be good still, too. It's just, it was nice to know that, okay, the things that I loved about Lord of the Rings will probably be in The Hobbit, too, with, with Mr. Jackson. So, um, but anyway... Um, I thought the movie was pretty well shot. Um, there's some really cool cinematography scenes. Um, a lot of the, you know, the the New Zealand landscape scenes that you're used to from the first three movies. Uh, there's also some cool um, uh, fictional scenery with uh, underground dwarven kingdoms and goblin kingdoms and stuff like that um, that were pretty well or pretty neat to see. Um, they also added something to which. Might not mean a lot to a lot of other people, but uh, I enjoy the the musical scorings of movies, and I thought they have a cool new anthem for their, the Dwarven troop. Um, which I've all, yeah, I have all sorts of things I want to talk about in terms of the music and Lord of the Rings in general. Like that series is known for the music. Like it's yeah. not. I, I think a lot of people notice the music. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's very star wars asking stuff where every like group of people or person will have its own theme like okay you know they're referring to the shire with this late music okay now this is you know this is a evil you know sauron music you know stuff like that right so i think it's cool that they added another like iconic song i think to you know the dwarven section basically. well yeah it, and actually I was, I was gonna talk about this too so let's just jump into it now is uh what you're referring to is a leitmotif and God. what that is is just it's just a theme music like you mentioned like you just said like there's a theme for the shire a theme for right. leia's theme right yeah. a theme for the fellowship like these like when those are on this is our theme but the leitmotif idea is not only is there a theme 
but those themes will show up and be slightly altered to express emotion. Um, yep. Yeah. So you have your situation with even the ring has like a, something like 20 different motifs because it's sometimes it's just, you know, sometimes it's scheming, sometimes it's mad, sometimes like, and this is what they'll do to make it seem that way. And, yep. and even though characters aren't talking, when that music's going on, you can tell it, yeah, gives, it just triggers. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It gives people the idea, oh, okay, so now we have the Dwarven Kingdom theme clashing with the Orc theme. Yep. And they're mints together, and it's very high paced. Yeah. It's a fight, like yeah, a lot of variants to each one. Like okay, this is a tense, you know, Shire one. Right. Know, it's like uh, it's amazing if you pay attention to those things, and especially like if you've seen it, for, if you're watching the Hobbit. Davey, our live listener here, has already seen it twice. He might see it three times. High frame rate this time, Dave. You might see it that way. Um, it's something like if when you go again and again, you're going to notice more and more. And I definitely uh, encourage anybody that's that's listening. If you do see it again, like listen to the music, notice when it's playing and the different variations of it, because that's obviously not by coincidence and something they spend a lot of time on. And it's awesome. Yeah. And it's not that I've always is, enjoyed about these types of movies. Right. And which is Howard Shore's responsibility. He's the composer for this. He did for the Lord of the Rings. He did an amazing job and got Oscars for it. So don't don't think <laughs> don't think he. uh wasn't wasn't uh recognized for it because he did a great job yeah definitely um so uh some other things to talk about uh is our company of dwarves um all new characters um right off the bat i'll say that's a little hard to like keep them separated in your head while you're watching the movie I'm like which one is that again i don't remember or who what's his name um you kind of keep an ear open for a uh, gloin you know yeah. father of gimli <laughs> Balin, Waylon, biffer buffle yeah buffer. they all rhyme i guess which Gimli's... makes it even harder oin, oin, nori dory ori another kind of interesting thing is some of them look very dwarvish you know like you know stout uh, big noses and then other people just look like normal like pretty dwarves dude pretty yeah dwarves. humans that just are the same height as these guys. So are you, kind of are you mad about the pretty dwarves? I don't think they. I, know. I don't think height was the issue. It's just without the beard, without the full beard, because a lot of them had like I think three of them had short beards. It was yeah. like, Come on, man. Well, most of them had bulbous noses too, yep. and then the ones that were the pretty dwarves, I guess you yep. characterize pretty them dwarves, like didn't. Man. You know, they're just pretty normal looking people. I'm yeah. starting a Facebook page against. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anti pretty dwarves. I have billions of likes by the end of it. Um, but uh, one of my small nitpicks eh, about the movie was the dwarves only in the fact that they infused comedy too much with them. Um, in fact, there is pretty much a musical number at one point in the movie that I didn't really care for. It's lighthearted and the kids will like it, I suppose. But uh, for my pleasure, it uh, really didn't do anything for me. Right. I don't know if you felt the same way as, about that. As I understand, the Hobbit is kind of like it's. Yeah, it was this, geared toward kids. Right, originally. It's more of the kiddish version, even though it's like the story, like Bilbo is telling the story. So you've got that. You're looking at through that lens. Like he's saying it as he's sort of like quieting down the violence i would say like i think he's making it more lighthearted. but um i yeah i i think i don't know i i guess the problem with that is the only character development you get for most of the dwarves is that number like that's all you really get until yeah. like later on I, and again i don't know the names very well either the old the old dwarf the elder dwarf is talking to bilbo for a while you get a more sense of what he's all about and you see him in the beginning you see him mm-hmm. in the uh uh the epilogue, or is that the prologue? Yep. I'm already forgetting. Uh, prologue. Uh, Pro- you see him in the prologue fighting with uh, Thor and Oakenshield mm-hmm. um, at some point. So you get to see a little bit of him, but a lot of these dwarves, the 
first impression you get is kind of that number and it's like okay well yeah um and then you can tell they're singing and right right it's kind of right i can see i can see that but after after again just a nitpick not a big deal but uh um uh, another little nitpick i guess uh was the uh have a part where they're in a goblin kingdom and they're face to face with, I call him the goblin king. I think he's called the great goblin or something. And he's just this big guy and he's huge, but he doesn't come off as all that menacing. Like when he's interacting with the characters, which I thought was an interesting choice. I don't know how he is in this, in the story itself, but uh, he, there's a couple of kind of not really lighthearted, but I mean, it's not, scary either so. kind of reminded me I, I didn't i didn't mind it all that much i don't think compared to you but it kind of reminded me of the bad guy or not the bad guy the king of like the underwater world in episode one of star wars it kind of reminded me of yeah, this guy but, like it was yeah. like jowl like i think and i was right. like okay he's like i can kind of uh i can totally understand what was weird was he probably had the least amount of accent in the entire movie like he sounded yes. most american compared yeah. to <laughs> american <laughs> goblin guy hey. compared to everyone else like oh i can tell exactly what this guy's saying yeah. um but yeah I, maybe that was part of it too is he sounded like he was coming out of like tv from the 70s in america like he sounded <laughs> he sounded like a guy you'd meet on the street or yeah something. and when he actually gets and since we're divulging all sorts of yeah, information might as well. everyone, everyone uh, and when he actually gets killed right it's like a kind of a comedic death too he's like oh that works and keels over and dies like okay interesting and he uh actually he dies in the trailer so if you've seen the trailer, oh, does he? yeah <laughs> i tried to avoid the trailers as much as possible seen the trail it's amazing like when you watch i saw that trailer and i didn't notice it like I thought it was actually a troll that fell on them, not anything. But when you see it, there's a you know at the part after they kill the goblin, they fall down, and all the dwarves are like, "Oh, that wasn't too bad." And then he falls oh, okay. on top of them. Gotcha. That part that was in there. Scene is in the trailer, and you see the guy fall on him. You see the bad. You see the dead guy. Um, okay. So it's like if you knew, if you read the books, you probably were pretty pissed off because you probably knew that happened. And if that actually yeah. happened in the books, I assume it did. Yeah, which kind of brings up my next little nitpick is. Um, there are a couple parts, and this happens in the original trilogy too, so it's not a big deal, but there are a couple parts where the escape scenes, the fight scenes, are just a little bit too ridiculous, and that was the case when they were escaping the goblin uh, town. They're, they're on a walkway, it gets dislodged from the rest of the walkway, and they fall hundreds of feet, you know, thousands of feet, but they do it like in a sliding manner and everyone's still on top of the thing and like things that would never really happen, like happens. And it's not a big deal. It's more like a yada, yada, yada. Here's an action scene. Okay. Next scene type of reaction for me. So it's kind of weird. Cause I don't know. I, I, it's one of my pet peeves in the intense movies, you know, like a Jason Bourne movie where it's like, okay, you're filming this in too tightly and I can't see what's going on. So it's almost like you're, you know, yeah. Fast forwarding to the next scene, so this is kind of that way, but it, they really do it with my my disbelief as opposed to not letting me see I was it. Gonna, so. I was actually going to ask you about that, because even with the high frame rate version that I saw, I thought some of those scenes in the escape from the, the Goblin King's realm there, I mm-hmm. thought it was a little fast. Like I was like, wait, wait, what just happened? Or it was maybe I just couldn't tell which dwarf was doing what. Which Right, yeah. Like, it's... Like, they'll do a quick shot, like, in tight, and then they'll show, like, they'll pan out, or not pan out, but the next shot will be from far away, and you can see the whole group kind of going along this bridge, and they get split up, and, like, if you're not watching every detail, you forget who went where, and... 
um, people are falling out of the next level, and so it's almost I don't know, it's I, almost like a juggling act of action, basically. Right. Yeah, some of, some of it was a, a little fast or just a little too tight to tell who was doing what, but I don't really have a problem with the what the craziness that would happen. Like, yeah, they they probably fell hundreds of feet and survived. I right. I get that. It, it reminded me of like the time in the first one, um, Fellowship of the Ring, where they're on the collapsing bridge. That's what I was about to... Well, okay, okay lean forward. we got to rock over and make it tilt this way. Or when Legolas slides down his shield in two towers and is shooting people while sledding down. Right, I was going to say, I was going to bring up that exact thing from Fellowship. Like, so you don't... You felt that for all those scenes. Yeah, yeah. And I still enjoyed them immensely. So it's, again, just a nitpick, but just little things <laughs> like that. It's just the kids probably love them, but not really. Well, you don't like Legolas shooting five people and then throwing the shield into another... another uh, <laughs> oh, no, that part's totally... Guys. That's the sled action that yeah. I don't like. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, a couple of ridiculous stuff that's just good fun type of things. Um, one thing that I was really immensely impressed with was the Gollum scenes. Yeah. Um, I thought they were excellent. Um, it's their first meeting, Bilbo and Gollum. Um, Gollum is obviously a little younger, um, but he still has that, I don't want to call it silly, but there's a little bit of uh, comedy relief with him when he does his whiny baby mode where yeah. he's like, oh, and falls down and whines. He just can't help but laugh. But a lot of the times he's actually creepy. Like before he's just kind of, you know, kind of disgusting and, you know, I don't know. I don't. I don't think he was actually creepy in the first movies. This one, he's like creepy, dangerous, creepy, creepy. Like the one scene where they show him like far away killing the goblin for food. Yeah. And then he like pulls away from that view to think to himself, and then he looks back, and then Gollum's just gone. Like, okay, where is he? So the, he, I thought they did some of that uh, scene really, really Andy well. Andy Circus, man. Yeah, Andy it was it was good stuff. Have you? Uh, I know you watch. Uh, the Daily Show and the Cabrera Report, and I, I know you've checked. All, yes. I'm all caught up with Hobbit Week. Right, right, and like it is interesting to know that they did the riddle scene first. Like that was the first scene they recorded yeah. between uh, Andy Serkis and uh, Martin Freeman, and yeah. like they spent all like a whole week recording that ser- that series, and uh, it's kind of it's kind of weird that that was the just, first thing they did, but it was. Uh, it which is an interesting really point too, because they brought it up on that show, the episode. Um, I guess Tolkien went back and rewrote the riddle scene after doing. The Lord of the Rings to make it more dark, I guess. I don't know if you remember that part or not. They did it at the end of the interview. Yep. No, it's. So I thought that was a cool piece of information. I um, man, there were a lot of like I really liked the movie. I was trying to think because I want to bring this up to you. Like, okay, where do you put this in terms of Lord of the like the Lord of the Rings series versus this movie? Where would you put it? Like your favorites kind right. of thing, which I don't like doing. Everyone's got their favorites, but putting number one, oh, it's tough. Meister, though, I love this. So you can throw <laughs> any kind of question like right, that. Right, right. So, um, but there were a lot of things I I really liked about the movie. I don't know where I'd put it in terms of these series, but seeing it, uh, I'll get to the 3D high frame rate thing in a second. But one of the things that made it the 3D and high frame rate thing that made it awesome was the stone giant scene, which maybe like I can see it was pretty dark, so I can see why just normally seeing that and like the normal. 24 fps you know peasant screen wouldn't be as good as the 3d yeah. high frame yeah i wasn't real impressed with that and it wasn't because of the visuals it right. wasn't because of the cinematography. it was just that kind of almost fell into that category of okay this is a little ridiculous, ridiculous. a little it over the top awesome we're, is what we're, it was. we're stuck on the giant's knees you know like i, I don't know so that it was awesome um, but, 
so the music's amazing as as you, we were talking about before like i really think uh howard shore did a great job and even though the motifs the, the light motifs of of before of all in the fellowship and in uh two towers return of the king those make appearances they do they're altered you can definitely tell and like they mm-hmm. do show up in different areas and you like anybody that's seen those movies and loving love those movies is going to see this and be very happy that they're they're referenced in it um it'll be interesting to see where they go from here uh with the music in terms of the the next movie yeah hopefully like smog will have his own music oh yeah smog's gonna rock the house guarantee it yeah he might be like the the next big like creature like you better do a good job with smog like after the Balrog, like I remember talking to front of the show, Rogi, like Godzilla. Like, okay, we were excited about the Balrog. How are they going to make this thing look? And they hit a home run with it, in my opinion. But uh, speaking of like, we don't get to see smog all that much, but you get to see uh, bits of them. Yeah. Which I think was smart. What'd you think of the prologue part? Like where they're talking about the setup of the Dwarven kingdom, how awesome it was. And then the fall of it. Did you like it? I enjoyed it actually. Because I think, I mean, obviously, I think they need to do it just to set up the story, first of all. Right, just, right. Okay, they're pretty much going on a mission to reclaim their homeland. Why are they doing yeah, that? Yeah, and it's a motif that they're kind of setting up. Okay, you guys don't have a home. You know, Bilbo's too attached to his home, blah, blah, blah. Right. right. So I, I think it was important in that way. But I think it was well done as well. So yeah. Um, I do have one question about that, though. Like in our theater, and we watched it digitally but not 3D, um, when they're showing you around the Dwarven stronghold and it's this huge, immense you know cool yeah. underground lair when they're panning left to right like it gets blurry like it couldn't keep up with you know the movement of the camera type of blurry right and i know it's all digital obviously but um and i don't know if that was any different for you in the cool frame rate oh it was different jim it was different yeah. in my world where you know people people the pan the, the giant pan was crystal clear right so I guess uh, it was that way in the Goblin Kingdom too. Like, I'll, I'll launch, yeah, I'll launch into it. The high, so um, you can see it, uh, the high frame rate, the 48 FPS in 3D in the 3D theaters, and it's got to be only selective. Um, we did put a list. Uh, you can find it if you Google it, but if you search a uh, high frame rate The Hobbit, you'll find a list of theaters. They even have it, I think, on the Hobbit website. Excuse me. Um, but I ended up. Uh, when I first started watching it, I've I've done some recordings. I have a, a camera that records at high frame, it records at uh, 60 FPS. So I'm used to looking at a high frame rate recording and then going down to a normal, maybe even 30 or 24 FPS. And you notice the difference then, like you like it's almost it's just crystal clear light or uh, night and day. The situation of going from that high to a regular frame rate version mm-hmm. and when I went and started watching it, I was, I was, you know, I thought I was more prepared than most, but, um, I actually got there just when the movie started. I got there like a little late. And, uh, so I had to jump right into it, started watching and it is off putting at first when you start watching it at 48 FPS, uh, people have mentioned, there's been tons of reviews on this. People have mentioned like, it looks almost play like, like you're almost watching a play and that the, um, instead of, you know, a sword looking like a sword, it looks like a prop. I didn't get the prop feel. Um, there are some parts in the beginning where when you're, you know, getting uh, kind of comfortable watching it, that it looks play-like, but it, that quickly went away. And when you're talking, the scenes that it made the most difference is when you're mentioning um, 
panning through fast action or panning through just giant landscapes looks awesome. It looked really nice. Um, so the most of the talk about you know not liking it or you know the disorientation is just due to the slow acclimation. Like people just need to get used to it. Basically, I you think, think? I think some people, yeah, I think some people started watching it and then just couldn't take their focus off of it. And if you can, they were actually distracted. Right, by exactly. Like just couldn't stop thinking about it and hated the movie because of it and hated the technology because of it. Stuff like that. I think here's like to give an example. When I was done watching it, I immediately snuck into the theater next to that theater to take a look at just just to see the difference. Because after you're watching it for two, what three hours almost. Yeah. Um, you, I went to the next uh, next theater, which was playing like Rise of the Guardians, which looked awful um, in terms of the content, not the not the screen. But when I started watching it, it's amazing how jarry it looks, how jagged everything looks, and it's yeah. it's a um, bit, a bit. Yeah, I, I really think <laughs> I, I really think there's a future here. Like we're gonna see Avatar, the next Avatar, in a year and a half or something, in uh, or two years, uh, in 60 FPS. I hope other people try this. The issue is Peter Jackson's. I don't know if he put up personal money, but I know. Uh, I think the his company Lionsgate put up the money for putting uh, the high frame rate version out there. Uh, just solely. What FPS right. was this one at? Forty-eight, which is double. Oh. Okay. So. So of course cameras went up. Again. Yeah, sixty. Forty-eight. <laughs> fuck you. Forty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> sixty FPS. Try that. Um, so. <sighs> And it doesn't cost extra to see the high frame rate version. There are 3D. Uh, anytime you go out to see a 3D, see if that theater has the high frame rate option, and you can find it. But I would, uh, I'd recommend it. At least check it out. Um, I'm probably gonna see the movie again, uh, normal definition, just to see. Uh, right. Yeah, to compare. But going, if you do see it high frame rate, just give it a chance. Don't freak out when you're watching it, because it's, it's, it's yelling. A stark difference and. Yeah. There are some scenes that looked amazing. Um, I think the 3D version of it wasn't bad. There were some things where it looked kind of uh, not comical, but a little bit forced. Uh, like you're in, there's a part where they're going through the Shire and nothing's 3D other than like a little, little, little patch of grass in the very front of it. Like, okay, like, all right, that's kind of like, that's not necessary. Don't even worry about it. Right. But um, there, uh, I, I wasn't all that impressed by the 3d aspect of it but when you watch it in high frame rate just yeah give it a chance get used to it and by the end you're like it's you probably won't even notice by the like when they went through this the last scene where they're fighting uh the orcs hunting them um and you've got uh thorn orc shield being carried off carried off by giant griffins or whatever they're supposed to be right um the eagles the eagles uh it looked awesome uh everything all that stuff looked pretty amazing i'm definitely not seeing it in high frame rate (laughs) Cause, just because everything else will be ruined, and then they'll be like, "Damn it, this is so boring." I, it was awesome. It was very cool. I. Uh, so you're you don't like 3D normally, correct? I, I you would, you know, I think a lot of people use it poorly. Like I, there weren't many 3D movies. Like I'm trying to think of how many. 3D, did you see Hugo 3D? I did. I didn't like okay. the 3D version. Actually, I remember mentioning that. You uh, did, or you did not. not. Um, so that's being said, knowing that you got a little bit of discomfort with that, um, was it worth it seeing it in 3D to experience the 48? Right. Um, if you're gonna, so there's two because there is no other option. 
you can for see the 48. It. I mean, right, exactly. But you can see it in 3D without the 48. Right. I'm just saying, like, it's worth seeing the 48 and dealing with the 3D. Yes. Yes. Okay. Definitely. 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 Um, if you, I guess there are a lot of people here that are still listening um, that have already seen the movie. So if you are going to see it again and you haven't seen or it, or know all about it now, if they're still right, listening, right. <laughs> um, well, I'm guessing you know some people have probably read the books and haven't seen the movie yet. That's and know true. What's happening? Our spoilers. Uh, right. Gandalf dies. Right. Again. And Gandalf, Gandalf's dead again. Nobody's surprised. Um, Little do you know, he started off as Gandalf the Charcoal, and then he graduates to Gandalf the Grey. Yeah, there were um, there were some like I haven't read The Hobbit. Uh, I guess I should have mentioned that way before this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what's funny is there's uh, going through this. There are a lot of things I didn't know. Like I knew the trolls were going to be in it. Uh, I knew a little bit about uh, the Goblin King or what you, uh, you mentioned as uh, uh, the Great Goblin. Um, and yeah, I didn't know anything about him, so I'm glad I've been avoiding trailers. Right. And actually was I didn't know anything about Radagast, which was really cool. Radagast the the brown. <laughs> Um, who is kind of like the druidic, uh, the mage, right. and we get to go through that and the the story with the necromancer, which, by the way, funny story, necromancer play like that's and at least on IMDb, it's uh said that Benedict Benedict Cumberbatch plays the necromancer, sweet, who, uh, is going to be in our our Star Trek and is in the Sherlock Holmes, etc. Uh, but there's a a lot of things I didn't know going into this movie, and they did a really good job creating the world, just like in Lord of the Rings. This movie, I, I was really happy with how like you feel like you are going along the journey with them, kind of thing, and mm. I was impressed. I was uh, yeah. yeah. the the scenes going the uh, the prologue was awesome. The and I'm I'm gonna be referring in terms of the high frame rate stuff. Going through the prologue stuff like really cool. Going through um that i'm telling you dude that stone giant scene i know it's ridiculous but it looked awesome <laughs> and, interesting um, that, that part like i, really, I threw that part I, away in my brain I really like, okay it. stone giants i get it that's where i was like dude this they is... ran into trouble and then they got somewhere else that's like how i summed it up in my head <laughs> i'm like all right moving on um, and i think uh the stuff everything in the the goblin under under the in the, the goblin king's realm there was was really cool uh, but that my only that was the only thing I was gonna bring up was some of the action was so fast like it was almost like every scene was two seconds long or shorter and it was like wait who just hit who and who's dead and whatever but um, I liked it I liked the story I'm kind of surprised nobody none of the none of the dwarves perished I, I was kind of expecting that I, was, I thought the old guy my money was on the old guy it didn't happen yeah. Because they established him, he was, yep, exactly. he was important enough yep. to die and make have meaning. Yep. Um, and uh, I I like the. What do you think of some of the some of the actor stuff? Like Thorin Orkenshield, did you like him? Like I know we've he was all right. We've seen a lot of like, other other people. He didn't have a lot of range. He was just like okay, I'm gruff, I'm a disbeliever type guy, you know. But he was pretty good. I enjoyed him. Um, the dwarves in general, I think they did good considering what they were trying to do. Again, I thought they were a little lighthearted, but you know that's not the actor's fault. They did a good job with what they needed to. Right. Um, Gandalf was good. I thought uh, Ian McKellen did a really good job reprising his role. Um, again, uh, Gollum was was good. Uh, Freeman, I thought Martin Freeman did a pretty good job. I didn't really know much about him coming in. You know, I knew he was on the English version of The Office and was on the uh, BBC version of Sherlock and stuff like that. But yeah. I've never really, I've seen him in one movie that I reviewed on the podcast and I don't even remember the name of it. Something with Jude Law. <laughs> Jude Law uh, was in it. I don't remember. Yeah. 
Um, but, uh, yeah, so I thought he did a pretty good job. Um, a lot of, there were a few, you know, nods to the old movies, like you got some Elrond and some Galadriel, and they, they did a pretty good Sauron. Um, even brought back Frodo for a quick scene. So but that was kind of cool, I guess. They didn't let him linger too long, I don't think. In fact, that was uh, one thing I, had, I was worried about going into this movie. It's like, okay, they're making this into three movies. Are you going to feel like it's stretched, you know? And there was that one scene where they have Elrond and Galadriel and Gandalf, and they're all kind of like talking about whether or not this whole quest idea is even a good idea. I'm like, okay, this is, this could be bad. You know, they could just start bogging it down with like meetings, <laughs> you know, like, oh, we're talking for a while, you know, let's fill in some time. But after that, I mean, other than that, I mean, it's just a, a pretty continuous stream of action, I thought. Like, it, the pacing was really good. I, uh, I, right, I didn't think, I didn't at any point think, okay, this is dragging along all too much. I uh, I like seeing a little bit of the um, Gandalf Gladriel backstory because I knew yeah. more there, so that was kind of cool. Um, and I I yeah I didn't think it was too long at all. And I it'll be interesting to see just because this one didn't feel too long doesn't mean number two and number three won't. Yeah. Because <laughs> and for our listeners, I'm usually pretty invulnerable to long movies like it doesn't bother me at all so that might not be for everybody so i don't know so don't attack jim with long movies. that's right it was long I'm like well not for me because he's invulnerable talking to a guy who's been to a theater and watched five movies in one day in the theater have so. you have you seen a movie that you thought was too long other than like something that was 60 minutes long and you just fucking hated the movie uh no i've never thought of a movie was too long i don't think okay just want to make sure um, yeah i can't think of any off the top of my head so, seal of approval? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, I give it. I, I enjoyed it. All right. And how much did you enjoy it compared to the original Lord of the Rings series? Um, I would probably put it right around, like the third is my least favorite out of the three, the original three. The one that won the Oscar, obviously. <laughs> obviously. I, I'm, a, I'm a two, one, then three person. I'm putting it right around three. I haven't decided if it goes in front or behind three yet. Um, really? Little, yeah. Yeah, I, I like it. Um, parts of three. I, I think know. I think you don't. I think you have something against dwarves. I think that's your problem. Yeah, you're putting it ahead of three. Is that why? Is that why you're saying that? Right. Well, I'm I'm just thinking. What's the difference between this and Fellowship? What's the difference between right? This like and it's it's tons of people meeting. Well, like Fellowship is different though because you got to remember it's the first one, so it's my introduction to the world, and so it's got some some sentimental value, okay. I guess you could say. Okay. Like. We had this discussion a while back with the the Harry Potters. Like for the longest time, the the first one was my favorite through like six or something, and then finally that one got replaced. And everyone's like, "You like those whiny little kids?" I'm like, "Sorry, it was like the introduction to the world. That's all right. I had." But uh, so Fellowship's got that for me, I think. So it, that's where it drops off, I think. But um, yeah, I probably put it right around three. Might be in front. Not sure yet. Uh, I'm. Uh... Mine's gonna remain a mystery. I don't like. I don't. It's like, nowhere close to two. I don't like numbers. I've got a pretty big gap between two and one. I think that, you're an epic fan. Is the other part? I am. Yeah. Giant battle scene for yeah. the entire movie. That's me. Yeah. Let's just be a Helm's Deep the entire time. Yeah. Go. The the marching of the end song. Like I'm going to play that. Yeah. I'm going to play that for the that's outro. A, yeah, that's a great um, song as well. Some uh, some badassery. And I yeah I definitely place the seal approval. Check it out if you haven't. And if you have and you haven't seen it in the high frame rate, give it a chance. I'm not saying you're gonna love it, but just watch it. Check it out. Check Wave. it out. Yeah, check it out. Like and you'll start getting used to it now. Just don't. Yeah, like it's a, it's a possibility. Jimmy it's gonna, gonna wrap it down your throat. 
<laughs> he is going to shove it down your throat. It's it's something that I think is going to catch on, and I really think um, like I don't know the the issue is I don't know if people are going to be willing to pay more for it. Uh, I think it's going to be something that is going to have to be picked up as an industry standard. Uh, I don't think right. Be... So you think if it wasn't 3D, right? And if it was just high frame rate, you think it wouldn't go over well with a sur- surcharge? No, probably not. Um, yeah. And I think, uh, and I do think a lot of the people that have reviewed it, a lot of the critics that have mentioned things about it, have just saw it and just could not stop thinking about it. Like it's something where it just settled it in for me. Fan pretty bad. I haven't really been listening to the reviews. It's half and half. It's a lot of people are like when I talked about the play thing, people have said like, oh, you know, it's like I'm. I'm there watching a play that everyone's got prop sticks and prop swords. Like everything looks plastic and not steel and stuff like that. I didn't get the prop feel at all. Um, people uh, have focused on like a uh, Gandalf staff. Like it looks like a prop. I didn't get that feel at all. Like hmm. the one thing you do, you do feel sometimes where uh, like somebody will walk by and it's as if it's happening kind of, in, you know, like kind of like you're there. Like it's uh, it is a weird fluid feel like everything's more fluid and it's right. you have to get used to. Um, that's, I guess that's the best I can describe it. And just don't, if you are there watching it, don't focus on it. I think you'll be really happy. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's, uh, that's the Hobbit folks. It was cool. It was awesome. And we can wait, uh, is it a year? Yeah. I heard every year, every, uh, Christmas time. I'm just happy Ian McKellen can relax and do something else. I guess they're apparently like, done shooting it. Yeah, they're done. Yeah, they're done. Yeah. If, if, in fact, they mentioned it in the Colbert report when yep. Bet Jackson was they're like, yeah, I've got the second one on my iPad back in the hotel. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. Someone's stealing it from your hotel right now. Like I know when Ian McKellen signed on for it, it was a situation where he's like, man, do I want to do this for another, you know, two years or something like that? Right. Like, uh, he's a great guy. Ian McKellen, give him a hand. Um, so yeah, uh, go see it. It's going to make millions. It's already made millions. And hopefully uh, we'll uh, hear more of it. And I, uh, the music's amazing. I, I really, more than all the other movies, I don't know why, but the music stuck out for me yeah. in, this, in this one. And, and it's inspiring me even more to make another music quiz here shortly. So could be on a horizon. I must admit, I am partial to the music quiz only because I kicked Jeff's ass in the music <laughs> quiz. Uh, Jeff, that's right. I'm coming after you. So I'll try and cater it to Jeff somehow, like make it so your moods change to like sadness or something, so you're not on your game. Maybe you're, that's what I you're do. Get me all sad and then start yeah. playing uh, marches and stuff like that. Just that could work. It's possible. I'm manipulate you. Uh, so done with the Hobbit. Let's do the Parker Posey play along. Uh, the final, uh, final feature of the episode. The last week's question was Jeff's question. He is not here, so we're not going to deal with Jeff or his question. It's it's cool. He uh he asked what movie set grunt job are you best suited for which yeah. i guess there are many answers but in terms of best suited i'm probably best suited for catering which i did yeah he, he just texted me saying that he liked my answer the best oh, of course he did yeah actually that's funny because i got the same text he probably sent that to a lot of people <laughs> uh but uh the next question the park posey play along which you can find at gungapit.com uh, where we're all hanging out and doing stupid shit or you can go uh to the movie hour page on facebook uh the next question is jim's what do we got um, actually, I've got a question provided by uh, some friends of the show, uh, Brian and Laura. Um, Brian and Laura. Nice. Yeah. 
Um, this is inspired um, because the, them their being kids. parents, their kids. Yep. Kind, of, <laughs> kind of. It's it's indirectly related to their kids. Um, they're often going on road trips with the kids, and the kids are always you know entertained by some movie on the onboard DVD player, which obviously you know the front seats can't see. So they end up listening to a lot of movies instead of seeing them, and they finally actually picked out a movie for themselves to listen to. You know, instead of just some animated movie for the 8 millionth time. Wait, 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 wait. So the kids are in the backseat. They put a movie in that they wanted to hear. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know if this was after the kids were sleeping and it was late. I don't know what the situation was. But, yeah, they actually picked out a movie to for them to listen to in the car. Ghostbusters. So that's my question for you today <laughs> is what movie would you pick if all you could do was listen to the audio? So you're going with Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters is there are so long long story for everyone that's uh, that's listening a little history about Greg myself when I was I have a lot of older brothers and sisters uh, Jim being 105 years old I uh, we would watch a lot of movies that were a little higher a little more intense a little scary for a young man such as myself I already know where this is going and I would when scary things happened, which in Ghostbusters, the very beginning was super scary. The librarian? The librarian. Oh, my God. The librarian was the scariest thing in the world. And that music, the creepy music that leads up to the librarian, that was my sign. And when that happened, I would jump behind the sofa and not watch at all. I was so scared. And uh, So you've already experienced this whole just listening. Right, from- right. So... I've listened to Ghostbusters for so long that I think if I were to watch it now, like listening to it now, I can tell you exactly what every scene is. Just listening to it's enough. And that's, I think that's a key part to the question too, is just like what movie you're like, I think familiarity has got to be a movie. Yeah. Yeah. It has to be. You can follow along in your head. You have to be super familiar with it. Like picturing it in your head is just as good. I, uh, yeah. I do not have a problem with that. Um, yeah, like I was tempted to go with Raiders, and because I can always just picture that uh, the Indiana Jones smile when he's in trouble and he knows he's fucked type of thing. But you know, and the soundtrack's awesome. But uh, that's and actually that, not my. When the the arcs open, you have to close your eyes because you're not watching. That's right. That's right. I'm following along. Um, but yeah, I'm actually going with a more dialogue-heavy movie. Um, something that I feel like would still be very engaging without you know being able to watch it uh it's i'm going with high fidelity i was gonna say mr holland's opus but i was i wasn't close i i haven't seen that so I, normally that would probably be my guess but or my pick but not this time but yeah i figure uh, high fidelity um the conversations in it are awesome obviously um it's all about music and there is a good soundtrack to it as well so the music will help um make it an enjoyable listen and uh in fact great actual performance by uh, Jack Black doing uh, doing his best Marvin Gaye. What's that? I, I was just making jokes about how you uh, don't like Jack Black. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But I don't like Jack Black? Well, you said an actual good performance from Jack Black. No, I just mean like it's not somebody else's. It's actually him singing. Right. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Okay. I meant I literally meant, actual. I actually meant as a performance as in terms of his acting performance. You're oh, no, I, no, no. Singing? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he actually did that, is, is how I meant it anyway. But, uh, so yeah, I have to go with that. Um, there's not a whole lot of, I was thinking about going with a, I'm going to steal a, a pick or two here, but I was thinking about going with a Quentin movie, because those are very dialogue-heavy as well. But uh seemed like every t- 
one I thought of had like at least one scene of just visuals, you know, whether it be a ear cutting off or a stuck in the Zed's basement type scene where you're like, don't get to get a lot of the dialogue. So I ended up going with high fidelity. I've got a feeling a lot of people will pick, like you mentioned, familiarity, kind of like their favorite movies. There's like, I'm trying to think of the musical aspect of it. And for some reason I'm thinking of a waking life, which is, um, it's made by, it's directed by the same guy that did days and confused. What is that guy's name? Um, a link later, Richard link later. Yeah. And it's, uh, awaking life. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of interesting. Is this the one that's kind of half animated or whatever? Right. It was. I'm trying to remember who started that. It wasn't. It wasn't Linklater, but pretty much somebody, either in a commercial or a movie, decided, okay, we're going to record what we want to show. We're going to record the story, and then we're going to give it to animators and different people to animate it, to draw it, to do whatever they want. And Waking Life is a lot like that. It's uh. Actually, it's all like that. There's they shoot something and then they gave it to different artists for different sections and they animated it. Hmm. And it's not a bad movie, but there's a lot of music in it. There's a lot of and uh, the visu- like isn't the visuals important for that one though? If because you, of yeah, the art. You've seen it. It's Yeah. You're right. And it's uh and all the dialogue that's in it is all uh like arguments discussions right. about what like storytelling like all these things come together and i, I think that wouldn't be a bad movie to oh listen to. i almost forgot to mention if in case people were wondering brian and laura's selection it was uh when harry met sally <laughs> for the or for the fake orgasm part right yes that's, that's exactly right <laughs> we wanted to hear rob reiner's himself. mom <laughs> deliver her line i'll have what she's having oh rob reiner Brian and Laura pick it when Harry. That was both. The, they hold on. So as a couple, they made they that should. choice, or they did. Okay, I, that's all I know. I don't know if someone had more weight in the decision or not. That's that's what I. I that's just know another. That that's selection. another Parker Posey play along right there. Is would you and your husband, wife, special other, etc., make the same decision on any of those questions? Really, <laughs> like just. <laughs> That is a deep question there. Uh, so, question one more time, James, uh, for the boards, and you can find it at the Mugar page on Facebook. What is it? Uh, what movie would you most want to watch if all you could do was listen to the audio? Awesome. It's been a fantastic year, which we're going to be wrapping up soon. We've got, I guess, uh, two more episodes. Not, Not really. Not according to the Mayans, we don't. Yeah, the Mayans, baby. Uh, I've got a feeling we're going to be here uh, for this Saturday. We'll, we'll see. But uh, just in case, if not, I love all you guys. Uh, but Family Feud episode, 22nd, 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we'll be on Skype. If you need to uh, find us, you can find the contact info on the Gunga Pit. Uh, be there, be square kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, we will talk to you guys soon. And we will probably wish you guys a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays on the next episode. But I'll give you one right now, too. Happy Holidays, everybody, if you do not listen to us uh, for the next couple weeks. But, James, thanks you one more time uh, for the input. Yeah, thanks for stopping by, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. And see you next time on The Feud. On The Feud, Richard Dawson style. It's going to be awesome. Take care, everyone. The Clancy Brown Shawshank Movie Hour. We'll see you next time.